It's Tuesday, so you know what that means. It's Television Tuesday, Spyrokin's podcast where we talk about new and recent TV shows. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope you're excited for another fun-filled TV Tuesday. But beforehand, remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spyrokin.com or at our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Spyrokin. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. And if you want to support the podcast, you can join our Patreon and help us create more fun content that you can enjoy. And with that chilling out of the way, let's actually get to it because we've got some really cool episodes. One pilot and two episodes we got to catch up on. Now again, Greta is not with me, so it's just going to be me, but worry not. We're going to be doing a very special deep dive episode on the show that is premiering this week that we're going to be talking about. But beforehand, let's get to it. And talk about some of the other shows. And remember, as usual, we have our non-spoiler section. Then after the music, there is a spoiler section. So if you've not watched these episodes, once the music starts, stop listening to this podcast. And then come back when you've done. So let's get to it because we're starting off with Bad Batch Episode 7. Yes, back again with Hunter and the crew in a galaxy far, far away. And this episode is dealing with repercussions from last episode. Because of the botched job that occurred. Well, it wasn't really botched, but it was a failure either way. The Bad Batch have now been relegated to become a cleanup crew for the Fixer, Informant, Sid. And they are being utilized improperly and also kind of blackmailed into working for this person. When a mysterious old friend shows up to assist them with some problems that they have. Also something that I've been wondering about is finally revealed in this episode and what I called happens. So... It is a great episode where we finally deal with the issue going on with Wrecker. And like I said last week, I called that that was going to happen. And what happens is kind of Jason Voorhees-esque. Because Wrecker, while he is a very nice, lovable idiot, he is someone who's actually really menacing because he's so strong and so pain-resistant. And this utilizes Wrecker really well. We also have um, a lot going on with the mysterious stranger who does show up. And his history with the Bad Batch. And we get a little more plot development with Omega as well. There are some really cool Easter eggs for Galaxy's Edge in this episode. And honestly, while this was a culmination of something that was building up, I would have liked this to have happened a little later on. Not just rushing for this to occur. I would have loved this to happen after our crew had gotten a few more things under their belt not just let's deal with this now it should have been building and building and then a few more episodes but overall a lot of fun i did enjoy it and we'll get more into it in the spoiler section because i really got to talk about all the different little easter eggs in this episode Uh, but definitely check it out and worth watching and next let's actually get to one of the most fun shows that is a competition show on network TV right now. I'm talking about Lego Masters. Yes, back again for season two. And, of course, returning as our host. Yes, he's back once again. Lego Batman, also known as G.O.B. or Gob. Yes, Will Arnett. And he does a great job being the self-deprecating and very fun host of this weird little show. And returning to judge once again are... Jamie Berard and Amy Corbett and these two Lego creative designers do an amazing job focusing on the intricate details to make Lego 
as awesome as it is. Now, if you weren't listening last year, we didn't really get into the mechanics of the show, but here's how it works. You have several teams of two competing for the top prize of $100,000. And how it works is every episode, they are given a task to complete. And then halfway through, there is a slight twist. And then at the end... The number one stays, the bottom two are chosen to leave. Now, since we're covering the first two episodes, there will be slight spoilers in the first part, but not really. Uh, spoiler number one is that in the first episode, there is no elimination. It's just setting everybody up. Then there is an elimination, which we'll get to in the spoiler section. So there's that. But compared to season one, there is one major difference in that in the first episode, they announced and introduced every single team. So we know who they were. This episode one and two they didn't introduce everybody i don't know who most of the people are i know who my favorites are but they were given introductions everybody else is kind of in the wayside they don't get that introduction where it introduces them and they actually talk about why they're here it's just kind of like and here is team number c okay bye but then you get team a and b the front runners they showcase them completely little disjointed but so we have uh several teams uh for this season 12 teams going in order we have um brian and lauren who are a pair of siblings kind of cute they're okay caleb and jacob brothers you have dave and richard they're kind of cool because one is from detroit one's from new york one is a musician one is a teacher and they're activists so they're buddies that way you have maria and philip they're a married couple mark and steven they're brothers Natalie and Michelle, friends, Paris and Moto, friends, Susan and Jen, they're an older couple, not couple, they're older friends who are, okay, they're friends, there's Sharita and Randall, they're friends, there's Zach and Wayne, they're two brothers that are in it to win it, there is Zach and Tim, the father-son, who they're not exactly in the same wavelength, and then finally we have Jack and Dawn, the motorcycle looking brother sister who seem like they're pretty cool to hang out with and that is our list of our contestants this season and each one has something different to bring to the game and in episode one to introduce everybody it is the teams had to build a self-reflective float with one moving component for the first annual lego day parade and then the twist for the episode is you find out that the winner gets the gold brick. Now, for to remind everybody, the gold brick is an immunity. Uh, you can use it at a later time. If you don't use it and you do get kicked out, well, you lose it. So it was a very unique first episode with some very diverse floats. Some were inspired by hometown. Some were inspired by mythology. Some were completely random and weird and there was one which just it made no sense how it connected to them it was like yeah i we like storytelling and we're gonna do it because this and you didn't see them in it and it just looked really bad there was no moving parts the ones that moved amazingly were like you could tell these people were awesome now episode two was really cool because to quote an awesome song Cool guys don't look at explosions. They turn around and walk away. This one, you had to make a hero scene where you had your minifig walking away from a set that you've designed and then you blow it up. Either with a water bomb, a glitter bomb, 
a slime bomb or a uh, the other bomb was a dust bomb. And everybody had fun making these amazing, horrible implements of destruction. And some were really well done. Some were kind of strange. One was with an alien exploding. One was a frog's head exploding. One was a bank heist. There was one where it was a person music to destroy a evil corporation. One was a paint bomb. One was a cafe bomb. It was a cappuccino that exploded. And all were very diverse and different. And each had their parts moving. Overall, first two episodes of this series, it's got me excited. Greta is having a blast with it. She is loving the designs and actually wants us to get a Lego set to build some stuff. That might become a thing we might do on Twitch. Not sure. We're going to debate on that. But Lego Masters, worth checking out. And now let's get to the one that all of you are clamoring for. The latest addition to the MCU and our newest entry in Phase 4. I'm talking about Loki, yes. Loki the TV series, our third one that's on Disney+. Plus, uh, and this is actually produced by Tom Hiddleston. Uh, this first episode, Glorious Purpose, was directed by Kate Herron. And the showrunner is Michael Waldron. And so to explain the concept of Loki the TV series and what it's parodying, I have to give you a little bit of some spoilers to... Avengers Endgame and also Infinity War. So if you've not seen those, stop listening now. Uh, You've heard the episode. Three, two, one. So in Loki, uh, the TV series, it takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame. This is following not the Loki that we were with throughout the majority of the MCU. This is the Loki from from the alternate past that was altered by the Avengers. And this is the one from 2012. So after stealing the Tesseract during the events of Avengers Endgame, an alternative version of Loki is brought to the mysterious Time Variance Authority, the TVA, a bureaucratic organization that exists outside of time and space and monitors the sacred timeline. Uh, After holding Loki on trial, they give him a choice, which is he's going to face being erased from existence due to being a Time Variant or help fix the timeline and stop a greater threat. Now... Loki finds himself trapped in a crime thriller while dealing with repercussions with messing with time. So this is a mixture of Doctor Who and a crime thriller with a little bit of Loki madness mixed in it. And this first episode doesn't really get into the crime aspect. It first starts off with Loki getting picked up by the TVA, Time Variance Authority, and he has to deal with bureaucracy. We're going to get more into this in the in the Zan's Extraordinary Superhero Examination, where we're going to go deep dive into episodes one and two. But it's pretty crazy what happens and how insane bureaucracy is with the TVA. It's like going to an infinite DMV. Uh, and anything that you don't do in this DMV, there are repercussions on. Example, in the DMV, if you don't have your ticket, they just yell at you. And here, you don't have your ticket, you will get wiped from existence. And that's the first half of the episode. And... Loki also has to deal with the person who caught him, uh, who's played by Wunmi Musaku, who we last talked about in Lovecraft Country as Ruby, the sister. And she does a great job as this just no-nonsense cop who would rather just eviscerate and kill Loki than deal with his shenanigans. And preventing her from wiping him from existence is Owen Wilson playing Agent Mobius, or Mobius M. Mobius, an old-school Marvel character that's been around for quite some time, and I'm surprised that they brought him in, and him playing as Owen Wilson, and 
they do a really good job with Owen Wilson playing this very relaxed and calm character who's dealing with a very screwed up situation because apparently people are being eviscerated from the timeline. I'm not going to get too more spoilery into this, but Owen Wilson does a great job as this character who is the calm to Loki's increasingly frustrated nature because Loki's dealing with all of this insanity of him being arrested and processed. And then when he's about to be executed, Owen Wilson says, let's talk a minute. And they have a conversation dealing with Loki's history where we find out some really fun elements. And there are some other characters involved, including Eugene Cordero as a suffering office worker who's showing a little more about what's going on in the MCU and with the TVA and then Tara Strong kind of cameoing as Miss Minute this cartoon character who explains exactly what's going on with the TVA overall this is a visually stunning show it looks just like most MCU TV shows it's on point it's got great camera angles and it's very trippy the way that the different timelines are shown are clever and creative and then the actual time variance authority has this mix of retro office and futuristic sci-fi-ness. And also there's elements of things out of time. I'm not going to get too far into it because we're going to have to deep dive it. But I've got to say, so far I'm digging this show. Uh, Greta likes it. We'll talk about it more later. And that is the shows for this week. Uh, stay tuned for the majority of the spoiler sections. We'll get to that in a little bit but if you haven't watched episodes here's where you stop as usual i'm your host zan i'll see you guys next time and for everybody else stay tuned for after the music see you soon
spoiler time yes this is the spoiler section where we talk about all things spoilery in the last episodes that we talked about so if you've not watched it you have been warned and we're gonna give you till three two one let's get to it so spoilers first off loki and we're not going too far like i said we're deep diving but finding out that he is completely powerless because the fact that the the Infinity Stones are used as paperweights in the TVA was hysterical and sad at the same time because you just see um, Casey just say, yeah, they're, we, they're flying all over the place there. We use them as paperweights. It hints at Secret Wars where there were tons of different Infinity Stones and outside of their own reality, they don't work. And that kind of works with the fact that they don't affect things. But one thing we did notice is that Loki did grab a Time Stone. So I'm curious if that's going to come into play later. I really am. Also, uh, one last little thing. I do like the fact that the villain is hinted to be an evil Loki. So I'm curious what evil Loki we're going to get. Are we going to get young Loki, kid Loki? Um, or, better yet, which is what I'm hoping, is that's not Loki. That actually it's Kang. Because when the judge introduced himself as Ravana Renslayer, I'm like, oh my god, that's Kang's girlfriend. Kang the Conqueror. Maybe he'll be the villain and we can actually get a good version of Kang, not the one that I'm thinking is going to be in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania. But I digress. Really cool show. Stay tuned for the Zanz Extraordinary Superior Examination. That'll be next week because I want to get two episodes in just to fill up time. But digress. Now let's get to Lego Masters, episodes one and two. First off, we were not surprised by the loss of Zack and Dawn. They were given two shots to stay around, and unfortunately, they made it to the bottom really badly. They should have been kicked out in episode one, but they gave him a reprieve, and they just couldn't hold it up to mustard. And in the first episode, while there was no one gone, you had the two other worst ones. You had Susan and Jen, who had poor time management, and then you had Maria and Philip, who just weren't didn't have any dynamic motion in their design work and i didn't like either of their designs like suzanne and jen i want i think that they're terrible and in the second episode hero shot their idea was just as so i mean actually no kind of cool seeing the singer but i would have liked a little more anyway the winner though for episode one holy crap zach and wayne that was really awesome they did these two dragons one blue one red representing the two brothers moving around and that just won my heart immediately. I was like, they have to win. Everybody else was very intriguing. You had Dave and Richard doing the Detroit-New York pizza and hot dog combo. I didn't like hearing them arguing about the hot dog thing, but whatever. I liked theirs. And the other one, which I was not too... Well, I was really thrilled with, is I liked... I forgot their names. I didn't write them down. Two painter, art girls, who are friends. Uh, Natalie and Michelle, I think. And theirs was Exploding Paint. I thought that was really well done. Now, in the second episode, uh, Natalie and Michelle, their idea was a little strange. Now, what do I mean by that? Their idea was they were having a coffee shop that exploded, you know, and it shot out of the coffee, which was cool. But their story was, oh, this girl's a space girl and she's going to be fighting this coffee company because the coffee company is evil in space. It's like, you have a space girl. You could do other things besides coffee. But no, they thought coffee with space girl. Whatever. Uh, there's also a group that should have been at the bottom. Their idea was, okay, we have a centaur. Uh, we don't know nothing about centaurs. So you don't know anything about centaurs. Why don't you look up what a centaur is? Why don't you just think, okay, it's a centaur. It's a person with a horse. You could say it's someone trying to enslave it. You could do things. Their idea was, it's first an evil wizard. And it, 
really crappy for episode two. The ones that sold me, even the winner, Brian and Lauren, they came up with this frog that was fighting a ladybug, and the ladybug made a bomb in a flower, and the frog's head exploded. It looked really cool. The one that was, I think, the best was Dave and Richard. They did the violinist who was fighting an evil corporation who was destroying all the flowers. So what they did is they were going to blow up an entire building with his power of music. And the only things that would be standing is this green field and his music notes. And when they blew it up, three notes and the guy were standing. Now at the bottom, you had Zach and Tim, who were the father and son. Their idea was they created a really weird idea. They made a mad scientist and they were going to make a big, you know, the, an explosion with the mad scientist that he defeats the monster or whatever. And they were going to have it where the thing exploded, but the front falls down. It says pow behind it. If you're going to blow something up, you don't build something behind it that's going to show. You're going to just blow it up. This was dumb on their part. They could have had the beakers exploding or something else. It was just very poorly timed. Then you had the losers of the group who I said the wrong name. It's Jack and Dawn, the bikers. And they were doing a heist. And their thing was it was going to be blowing out a jewelry store. And their issue was that, one, their jewelry store was the only element. There's a huge bunch of empty space in between them and the character. And then forgot to say this also uh with uh zach and tim they also knocked down their minifig which big deal had to stay standing they could not get exploded from the explosion but uh back to jack and dawn their thing was they made the explosion and the building that they built did not fall off which is the whole thing was they were designed to make a building that would explode so yeah overall having fun with this one makes you want to play with legos totally worth checking out i'm in it to win it then Greta is two. We're going to have to wait and see on that. Now let's get to Bad Batch Episode 7, Battle Scars, directed by Saul Ruiz. And this one, oh my god. First off, the fact that they go to Braca, which is the opening for Fallen Order, that was really cool. That was really geeky. Also finding out that the person that Trace and Rafa were talking to was Rex. That it put a smile on my face and seeing Rex show up. It was a nice nod to the original series and also Rex, who had helped out so many characters. Uh, finding out that he was freaking out that they had their inhibitor chips in and they had to go to the ship graveyard to get the to get to a Jedi cruiser to use the med bay to remove the chips. Kind of a good MacGuffin. But then, of course, Wrecker getting his head cracked on the side and then his chip activates was sad but super predictable and seeing him try to kill everybody was great and also seeing how ruthless he was kind of crazy seeing Wrecker being like Jason Voorhees saying good soldiers follow orders you betrayed the orders you must all die and even going to kill a kid it's so scary that these chips are doing these things and I am now really wondering what's going to happen when they remove Crosshair's chip will he be the same or is their brainwashing different not sure um, but seeing the ending where the Scrapper Guild sees Hunter and the rest and says they're going to report him to the uh, Empire, there are going to be repercussions now, and especially that they now know that they their chips have been removed. What is going to happen from here on out? Now, one other fun little Easter egg is seeing the Ord Mantell mixed popcorn, which is a reference to the Outpost mixed popcorn from Galaxy's Edge. So... Nice little touch, and I think there's a bunch of recipes now floating around for, for Mantel Mix. And seeing that 
interaction with Wrecker and Omega, and that's their that is their tradition after missions was kind of sweet. Also, we're finding more about Sid that Sid is really not their friend. Like she'll help them out, but she is in it for herself. And the minute they are no longer useful, I'm pretty sure that Sid will sell them out, even though she was a Jedi informant. I don't know how their relationship is going to end, but seeing her just say, yeah, you screwed up my last payday, so we are not. Uh, you're going to pay me back for everything you owe me. All because Hunter decided to give the data to Trace and Rafa instead of giving it to Sid. So there were repercussions with that. And also finding out that the other reason why they owe all this money is because Wrecker and Omega, whenever they go shopping, they say, put it on Sib's tab, which is kind of funny. Overall, good episode. I understand why it's called Battle Scars, seeing Wrecker get really messed up and how horrifying it was to see him switch. Kind of sad. But we're going to have to wait and see what is going on next week. So... Uh, what are your thoughts? Did you like this episode? Did you not? Uh, random question for the week is going to be, what do you think about Loki episode one? What are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments down below. And as usual, I am your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. I'll catch you guys next time. And keep watching TV. See you later.